Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. Hey gang, Captain Mike Anderson here with the Real Animals Podcast presented by our good friends at Contender Boats. If you're looking to build an amazing dream boat of your own, go to contenderboats.com and check out their website. You can design your own contender fishing machine right there at contenderboats.com. Today I'm going to get a chance to have a little conversation with my very good friend Paul Gage. Paul is with Reeling Freedom. If you go to reelingfreedom.com, you can check out what they're all about. It's a 501c3 nonprofit foundation that Paul and his wife Danelle have uh, have started. And it's uh, Paul is a 22-year Marine veteran, and he started Reeling Freedom to take veterans fishing. I think it's a very interesting, it's a very worthy cause. The man loves to fish. He's become a great partner with Real Animals, and I hope you guys enjoy the podcast as much as I'm looking forward to doing it. Joining me this afternoon for another Real Animals podcast, my good friend Paul Gage from Reeling Freedom. You can check him out, reelingfreedom.com. Now, Reeling Freedom is a 501c3 nonprofit foundation, and uh, my friend Paul here joining us. How are you today, buddy? Hey, I'm living the dream. <laughs> That's my line. <laughs> uh, 22-year Marine, U.S. Marine veteran let's uh let's start there let's start there so did you did you go in um pretty young did you join the marines pretty young paul yeah i was 19 years old when i enlisted in vermont yeah okay yeah pretty young did you have any cool assignments um well i did i traveled the world i have seven combat tours i've lived in japan california alabama north carolina florida vermont you know, we've, we've lived all over the world. We've been everywhere. That's pretty cool. Except for the combat yeah. tours. The combat tours don't sound so cool to me. That sounds a Yeah, Iraq, cool. Afghanistan, Kuwait, you know, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, all those, you know, wonderful places over there in the sandbox. <laughs> right. Nothing. <laughs> every time I'm watching any of that stuff on the news, that's what jumps into my head. I look up and I think, that is just an absolute hellhole. Our poor men and women yeah. service members that are stuck over there in the desert, it just... It breaks my heart. That is such a, uh, you know, thank you so much for your service and your time uh, to our country, for sure there, Paul. Um, and then, uh, you know what, I noticed something interesting. I was doing some homework. I was doing some research on you. You are a uh, Coast Guard licensed captain. You should be Captain Paul Gage. I did not know that. Yes, I am a 50-ton master captain. I did not know that. That's cool, buddy. I'm going to call you Captain Paul yeah. from now on. We're going to get you that moniker going, dude. <laughs> I didn't know that. You were keeping yeah. that keeping that little secret. You gotta clean up the internet, dude. I was able to find out pretty easy that you are a captain. So Yeah, I didn't advertise it when I did it. It was just a personal goal that I had. Plus, you know, when I take veterans out on the boat, I wanna make sure I'm safe. So I did all the schooling I could to make sure I was safe going offshore with all the, you know, accolades and, and uh endorsements. So that sure. you know, sure. I knew what I was doing and mm -hmm. no one could question that. Yeah, no doubt. Good for you. I've, uh, you know, I've been very impressed. Uh, we haven't known each other all that long here, maybe just a year or two. Um, I, I would think maybe two years max, somewhere right there, since uh, yep. since we were fortunate enough to uh, to become acquaintances and now friends. And uh, I, I, I was drawn in. Obviously, um, I spent a little time in the U.S. Air Force myself, six years, nine months, three days. So, whenever anything comes up with veterans. Um, it's, it's something that's near and dear to my heart for sure, because, uh, 
I just kind of get it from uh, so many of my friends, you know, being life uh, long military people. Um, and so that's kind of how we met was Reeling Freedom. You guys started Reeling Freedom. And, and what was the gist? Why did you, I mean, obviously you guys take, for the listeners, you guys take veterans fishing. That, that's kind of the concept. Yeah, so, how did it so all how start? It how did down, it all start? Yeah. Yeah. So how it came down real quick. When I retired from the Marine Corps, I was blessed to have, you know, a very, very good job. And so my wife and I would, you know, we liked going fishing. We liked being on boat. So we went out and bought this really nice offshore fishing boat. And so every day, you know, when we could go fishing, we would go offshore, catch fish, come back in. And we would always see veterans on the causeway. You you can pick out a veteran a mile away because their hat, their shirts, whatever. <laughs> right. And I looked at my dad and I'm like, how cool would it be just to pull up to the dock and say, hey, jump on, let's go fishing. And just start taking people, random people offshore, veterans. And so we started doing that. We did that for about three months. And um, obviously, you know, going offshore is not cheap. It costs a lot of money. Sure. And a lot of people were like, hey, can I sponsor a trip? Hey, can I sponsor a trip? So my wife's like, hey, why don't we turn this into a 501c3 nonprofit? And then people can sponsor fishing trips. So that's what we did. We turned it into a nonprofit. And now pretty much every trip that we do is sponsored by a different sponsor. That's super including cool. Including Dylan Hubbard at, at uh, Hubbard's Marina. He sponsors trips for us as well. well so it's that's, pretty cool. Yeah, that's not a big surprise out of Dylan Hubbard. He's been one of our guests here on the podcast and mm-hmm. obviously a near and dear friend of the real animals as well. That's super cool. So I would think um, – that's somewhere along the line in your childhood. Where did you grow up, Paul? I grew up in northern Vermont, right on the Canadian border. Okay. So, and, and, and we had a lake up there. We live on a lake that's 32 miles long. It's called Lake Metformagog. And um, what did you I say? I fished all the time. What did you call it's that? It's called Lake Metform. Lake Metformagog. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought you said. <laughs> yeah. It's 32 miles Gesundheit. long, 30 in Canada, and two in the U.S. Wow. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, is that a walleye lake? There are walleye on that lake, yes. I would think, yeah. That's very cool. So is that where your your passion for fishing came from? Did you fish as a kid then? I did. I fished as a kid, and then as I was in the Marine Corps, I traveled the world, and pretty much everywhere I went, I would go fishing on the charter boats or the party boats or wherever. Right. I always fished. That's cool. Yeah. That's one of my biggest regrets yeah. from um, my military duty as well i had two assignments i got i had three and a half years my first three and a half years i was stationed in germany and at the time there was a lot of air force bases in germany um like i want to say we had 10 11 12 maybe even 13 of them and and it was real important back then uh it was a while ago 30 years ago that uh it was real important to the base commanders to have quality athletic team so it was almost like going to a, a, a small college you know four or five thousand guys on a base and every base had a, a tackle football team every base had a basketball team every base had a slow pitch and fast pitch softball team uh, baseball teams all that stuff and you would play um, against other air force teams um, all over europe and uh at that time, I was young and had fresh legs and was a pretty good basketball player, so I ended up making the base basketball team, and I spent my whole three and a half years basically traveling and playing ball um, over there, and I never once, the whole time I was in Germany or anywhere in Europe, uh, wetted a line. 
which is crazy to me now, totally mind-boggling. And, and one of my biggest regrets for my entire service time was that I didn't, you know, I mean, what I wouldn't give to go fishing on the Mosul or the Rhine River now, you know. Um, but something yeah. you learn as you get older, you know, that I should have taken a little bigger advantage of that when I was there. So that's kind of cool that you were forward-thinking and you did all that while you were out and about. Yeah, one of my, one of my most memorable uh, deployments and trips um, where I wanted to go fishing, but there was no fish was I was in, I was stationed in Jordan for, for a, a number of months and we were, uh, we got to go to the dead sea and obviously there was no fish there because right. it's all salt. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, that was a, that was one heck of an experience. I tell you what, it, was, it was crazy. Yeah. We used to visit the but beaches. No fish. <laughs> yeah. We used to visit the beaches when we go to Spain uh, we do a temporary duty assignment in Spain, where the, so the planes, the jets could run the the bombing ranges over there and and do their target practice and and their training, and then we would, you know, obviously you'd get a weekend or two off, and you would you would end up at the beaches, you know, uh, you're at the Mar and some places like that, right on the Mediterranean Sea, and now thinking back to all those opportunities I could have had to fish, you know, that I had to fish some of those incredible fisheries, and I never. Again, I just, you know, I was drinking beer, chasing girls, and, and playing hoops pretty much. So, you know, I was pretty young. I was, yeah. eight, I was 18 when I went in. So when I got over there, it was, you know, I mean, the drinking age here in the States was 21. The drinking age in Germany was 13. So I was good oh. to go. <laughs> I was good to go. So I had a lot of fun over there for sure. But uh, I think that's that's uh, that's pretty cool. And, I, again, I think what, what you guys are doing with Reeling Freedom um, – is is pretty cool. So, how many years have you guys been doing that now? What what year did you do? Did you found it in? It's been almost three years uh, okay. since we founded the foundation. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't much. I after. think July will be three years. Okay. So it wasn't much after that that we met then. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's pretty cool, and it seems to be growing, and 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 things seem to be to be going in a a pretty cool direction what what is your vision for the future for reeling freedom where do you see reeling freedom going you know three four five years from now well we never envisioned it to be really that big we we wanted you know it's going to be a small local thing and we would cater to the local veterans and stuff like that um but as we've grown i mean it's grown so rapidly and so fast with ten thousand fans now on our fan page and our and our social media now we've had people around the country ask us if they can start a reeling freedom chapter in their town. Wow. So I don't know if we will do that, but I've had in the last six months, I've had five serious fishermen, commercial fishermen, you know, guys that are guides call me and ask me if they can start a reeling freedom chapter local. So I don't know. We, we may go that way. You know, it's the, the foundation is a hundred percent paid out. We don't take a paycheck. We don't take a dime from the foundation. It goes out to veterans, put veterans on boats. And I want to keep it that way. I don't want anybody ever to say that we're making money off the foundation. Right. It always goes out to the vets. So with us doing chapters around the country, if I can control it, I may consider doing it. That way we can keep it whole as it is right now. Right. Keep the Reeling Freedom name clean and and above board right. and all that. That's pretty cool. It's interesting to me that, <clears throat> you know, you, you with your passion – you know, as growing up as a kid fishing, uh, and then obviously fishing around the world, and then obviously a 22-year uh, U.S. Marine Corps veteran, um, you know, that, that you would end up doing this, I, I think says a lot about who you are and your vision. 
Um, I, I've, I've been, you know, obviously since I first met you and, and your wife there, you know, it's been near and dear to my heart and, and what you guys are doing for these veterans. I think it's interesting that we, as a nation, somehow lose sight, although I think we're doing a better job of it now. Um, but I, I think more could be done to help our veterans. Don't you agree? Absolutely. There can never be enough. I mean, there's a lot of veterans that get forgotten, left behind. You know, it's almost to the point where the veterans have to go seek the attention or the the help in order to get anything done. And if if they're not, you know, on the forefront of taking care of themselves, then they're just forgotten. Right. Unfortunately. Well, and then, you know, because you're just a number at this point. And 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 I'm a I'm a sucker for all of the TV programs, the reality type TV programs that they now have um, of of what some of these kids are going through. Uh, in the Middle East, um, and, and again, what a complete hellhole that place is, and and the the, yeah. the trauma of some of that situation that they have to somehow live with uh, when they come back here. It, it it's mind blowing to me that somehow we could, you know, let these, you know, soldiers who who give us this incredible gift of freedom um, that definitely isn't free. Um, you and I know that and understand that, but it's amazing to me how many people don't really get um, that that's not free. And 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 I think something that gets lost um, is that everyone that's going in now is a volunteer. They're not being right. no one's drafting them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not. These you're kids not, know they're going over the. They know they're going to the sandbox. They're signing up to go to the box to go to the dirt pile. I mean, I yeah. remember when I was in, um, and I always feel bad, you know, whenever I'm at church or we're at a gathering and somebody will say, you know, can we get all our veterans to stand up? I'm usually still sitting there clapping the veterans that are standing up around me, and my wife, will, she'll nudge me, and she'll be like, stand up, dummy. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm a veteran too. But because when, when I was in, we weren't in a major conflict. You know, we didn't have all this stuff going on in the Middle East. Like I said, I mean, I spent three and a half years in Germany basically playing basketball and, you know, running around the German countryside chasing German girls and, you know, as an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid. And then I got stationed in Palm Tree Heaven here at MacDill Air Force Base where, you know, again, you know, I mean, it's right near the, the home of Hooters restaurants and I met my wife and you know what I mean? So it just... You know, obviously we have. Well, you know, some get luckier. Some get luckier than others. You know, For I have sure. one of my best friends. I joined the Marine Corps with. I did five years. Had three combat deployments. He did five years. Hadn't even left the United States once. Right. Sure. And it wasn't that. It wasn't that. You know that you dodge the bullet or you avoid it. It's just it's what's in the cards. And now that Marine has got more combat tours than I do. Well, when, and when, it's still on active duty. When we went you know? in, when we went into Desert Storm, I was in. I was stationed at McDill, but McDill was a training wing, so we were mm-hmm. training pilots. So they weren't going to pull from us to, you know, the desert. Right. When we had other, you know, obviously had other bases that had, you know, the ability, you know, where we're just training pilots. They're they're up and loaded and ready to rock. So those were the guys that went. So, and again, I don't, you know, I just. It's mind-blowing to me to see what these kids are going through today, and I don't know, I'm not sure as an 18-year-old if I had to go back to exactly how I was mentally when I was 18 years old, I don't know if I have the guts that those kids have today that go in knowing that there's a better than 
80% chance they're probably going to end up in the desert. I mean, that is not a pleasant, I have not seen one pleasant picture of that place yet. I mean, I just haven't. You can, you know, whether you watch the movies, you watch the reality shows, or you just watch the news, nothing about that place looks pleasant. I mean, nothing. (laughs) Zero. No, it's it's a hellhole. It's a hellhole, that's for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, I I just, my hat's off to, you know, all of you that have put so much time and effort uh, into that crazy place. Uh, There's no doubt about it. Now, Reeling Freedom, we've been talking about Reeling Freedom, the 501c3 that you and your wife started here. Let's talk about you and fishing a little bit. When you take these guys offshore, what do you like to do? What's What's your favorite thing to do? You like to bottom fish? You like to king fish? You like to troll? What do you like to do? Me personally, I like bottom fishing and 90% of the trips that I take on my boat, we go bottom fishing. Okay. We've recently started getting into the, to the king fishing. Uh, James Malls from Angler Armory is, is taking a liking to us as you have, and he's kind of pulled us in as his foundation. And we've been doing a lot of king fishing with them. So every weekend that there's a kingfish tournament, we're on the water and we typically try to have an all veteran team. If not all veteran, it's at least half. Nice. So this weekend for the Sun Coast, we have two teams fishing, and both teams have veterans on them. Okay, so you on guys the are fishing. The 27th, we're doing, yep, we're some... doing the 27th with Angle Armory as well, and that's going to be an all-veteran team as well. Nice. But I typically like doing bottom fishing, but although on that, I send a lot of veterans on other people's boats because offshore I'm limited on the number of trips that I can provide. So I work with all the local captains, and I buy charters or collect charters or get charters from them one way or another to give to veterans. So on the Lady Day RV event, I probably will have at least 25 charters to give to veterans at that event. Wow. That's, a, that's an easier easier thing for me to do, give an inshore charter than an offshore charter, because the average offshore charter is, you know, 1000 1500 bucks. Wow, that's incredible. Now, Paul's speaking of our May 11th. On May 11th, 2019, we're going to be out at Lazy Days RV Resort here in Tampa. Um, we're doing a Real Animals event that myself and Mike Mahoney from Team Mahoney Company are kind of putting together. Uh, Captain Ben Marshall is going to join us. We've got the Watts brothers and Captain Ray Markham and Captain Randy Rochelle, obviously Reeling Freedom. Paul and Danelle are going to be there. We're going to kind of roll through all that. we got the Traeger Grills guy coming. I don't want this to turn into a plug for May 11th, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, we're going to have a pretty big old time and, and try to raise some money for Reeling Freedom and help them get these guys uh, get these guys out there on the water. I would think that would be the challenging part um, for me in my brain to what you're trying to accomplish would be with you being an offshore guy, you know, we lose so many days here on the west coast of Florida because of weather. I would think that would right. be the challenging part. Is that why you've kind of incorporated this, you know, getting some other charter captains to help you out so you could do some inshore trips and some things like that? Yes, absolutely. And plus, I still work a full-time job. I work Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. So I am limited on the days that I can fish. So during the week, I can send veterans on other charter captains' boats gotcha. because they can fish, you know, the intercoastals or the bay. Right. Well, and, and then you and your wife also own Whiskey Bent Barbecue and Supply in Dunedin, right? Correct, yeah. So, yeah. So you, yep, hundreds <laughs> of spices, yep. Hundreds of spices, <laughs> Traeger Grills, all the goodies. Uh, incredible store, yep. but shameless plug for Whiskey Bent Barbecue and Supply, which I do love. Um, but, yeah, you guys kind of have a full schedule there. <laughs> you got a lot going on. We do. Plus, with all the custom embroidery, too, we just got an order for a hundred hats for the Wild West Kingfish Tournament, which is in two weeks. Oh, that's nice. Is that is that the other one you're fishing then? 
Yes, that's the Wild West with James Malls. Yep, we're okay. sponsored by Coastal Wealth to fish that. So. I got you. So you're going to fish. Yep. Uh, you're going to fish the Suncoast Kingfish Classic this weekend, and then you're going to fish yep. the. Uh, the the uh, Wild West tournament, and then I think what early May is the first weekend. May is the Old Salts King of the Beach, I believe, right? We're fishing that one as well. Yes, yeah, we're registered <laughs> for all of them. <laughs> oh, good, that's good. All right, well, yeah, you'll be a- we're the underdog in them all. We've got the littlest bow, but hey, you know what? We're the little little engine that could, right? A lot of those tournaments now on the Kingfish side, you know, a lot of those events have smaller boat divisions, you know, single engine divisions and things like that under. 25 feet and under 30 feet divisions and all that so you know it's something that you know if you love to catch fish and you like to tournament fish or you like the you know the uh the the competitive side of fishing at all or if you're interested in it even a little bit you know i don't think you should be too afraid of some of these cash kingfish tournaments Um, a lot of these tournaments have been won inside of egmont channel Lots of big fish cruise yeah. the Sunshine Skyway fishing piers where there's all that bait congregation. You know, there's a lot of big fish that sit right off the beach looking at the trade winds and the Don Cesar and all that stuff on St. Pete Beach and up there towards Clearwater. I mean, you can you don't have to always make that long run um, to catch that big, really big fish. Uh, um, we didn't get a weight on it, but we had an event – uh, last Sunday, uh, Ring Power event that I hosted, we had 13 boats and it had a big fish division. And Jeff Hageman won the big fish division with a 50-inch kingfish that he caught wow. five miles from St. Pete Beach, right on a base of hard well, bottom. Well, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Last weekend, I took out seven firefighters on Saturday. Yeah, seven firefighters on my boat, plus Gene, my right-hand man. Yep. So there were nine of us on the boat. And we ran out 25 miles to the checkerboard, and we we trolled all day long. We caught eight kingfish, four bonita, and a couple of amberjack, and a whole bunch of stuff. The biggest fish was probably 20 pounds, we'll give it. We came back to the dock. I was cleaning all the fish, and these two guys roll up in a flatboat with a blanket, and it looked like there was a dead body in it. I'm like, (laughs) what are you guys doing? What do you got? And they opened it up, and there was a 46.5-pound kingfish in there. And I said, where did you get that? They were literally about a mile offshore from uh, Ancloak Key fishing with white bait for Spanish mackerel. Yep. And that 46.5-pound kingfish came along, grabbed a hold in, and they took him home one yep. mile offshore in a flat boat. Happens all the so time. you never know. No, you it's don't It's anybody's know. game. Yeah, all you have to do is look at your machine. Um, right where about where they're talking, we call it the 20-foot drop. And what it is is it kind of changes right there. You can see it on any good bottom machine. You'll see a line that runs about that 19 to 20-foot mark where the depth goes to 19 or 20 feet. Like I said, all of us captains, we call it the 20-foot drop. That area, if you're over some hard bottom, for some reason that area will definitely, definitely produce some nice kingfish. It has for many, many years. And one of the key indicators to knowing that you've got hard bottom is look for your crab traps. Crabbers don't set their crab traps on soft bottom. If there's a bunch of crab traps True. out there, you know you got hard bottom. I mean, it's real simple. And hard bottom holds fish, holds bait, and that's usually where you'll find the kingfish this time of year when they're running crazy. So that's pretty interesting, and that's how yeah. it works. Like I said, big kingfish have been caught inside the Skyway Bridge. Um, you know, I was out there. Spanish macro fishing next to another charter captain several years ago and a 40 pounder he caught on a 
marker inside of the Skyway of 40-pound kingfish. Wow. So if there's bait there, there's a good chance that a kingfish is in the area somewhere this time of year. So listen, uh, Paul, I really appreciate your time this afternoon, and I'm, I'm really happy to get you in here on the Real Animals podcast. We'll give that big shout out to reelingfreedom.com. I urge all of you to check out this great organization. Uh, again, 501c3, it's a nonprofit foundation. They're taking veterans fishing, doing a great thing. Paul's a veteran himself, uh, him and his wife, some of the nicest people I've met in the fishing business, and I've been in the fishing business now a long time. So uh, keep up the good work, Paul, and, and thank you for uh, letting Real Animals be a partner with you guys. We really appreciate uh, what you guys do, and uh, keep up the good work. We look forward to working with you in the future. All right. We appreciate the support. Thank you. Hey, gang. Captain Mike here again. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. Uh, Paul Gage, one of my favorite people on the planet, doing great things there with Reeling Freedom. Again, 22-year U.S. Marine Corps veteran and still giving back to the veterans. I think that's just amazing. Captain Paul Gage, as we should call him, as he's a 50-ton U.S. Coast Guard licensed captain as well. Um, Just trying to give you guys some insight into Reeling Freedom and and what they do and the opportunities that are out there to help some of our veterans. Uh, Again, I hope you enjoyed that podcast as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Remember, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we welcome you and thank you for tuning in. We uh, want to remind you that the podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and ritampabay.com. Remember, if you would, to subscribe, rate, and review. We would appreciate it. We usually have new episodes launching every Tuesday. If you've got any ideas for some people you would love me to interview, some podcasts you'd like me to do, then uh, please reach out. Realanimals.com is the website. You can reach out there and uh, drop me some hints or reach out on the social media at Instagram. It's Real Animals TV, uh, Facebook slash Real Animals. If you want to go to the Facebook page and direct message me that way, you're more than welcome to do so. Remember to check out the new season. Season 13 of Real Animals TV is rocking right now. We just launched here second quarter, third quarter with some great new episodes. So check those out. Like I said, get back to me. Let me know how we're doing. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We appreciate it. This is an In the Trenches with Ian Beckles quick fix on Radio Influence. So the Bucks get through their draft. Um, you know, Mel Kuyper and all those douchebags are going to go over their draft grades and gave the Bucks a C plus. Thanks, whatever. You know, I mean, Mel, I don't know why anybody listens to Mel Kuyper. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. He's never really said anything interesting to me or relevant. I have a bias against him because he called me camp meat when I was in college, and I don't, didn't care for that too much since I started nine years in the league, so you were wrong. Sorry, Mel. But, you know, you sit and look at all these draft grades that everybody's getting. Was it a successful draft? The thing is, you know, going back to 1990, and that was a draft that I was in with the Buccaneers, and somebody said, was it a successful draft? Well, our first-round pick was Keith McCants, okay, who certainly didn't live up to his potential or expectations. I mean, they picked Keith McCaskill before they picked Junior Seau. 
and Julius Sands a Hall of Famer. So obviously that's not the best pick. So you say 1990, was that a successful draft? People are going to look at Keith McCants and say, well, no way. But then as we go down, you'll see Reggie Cobb was after that, rest in peace. Um, we did just, just lose Reggie Cobb. Uh, in the fourth round, Tony Mayberry was the, one of the last picks in the fourth round. And we got 10 years, nine years starting, three Pro Bowls out of that. And then in the fifth round was me, and we got seven years starting here in Tampa Bay. So you just don't look at the first round because the majority of your team is built by second and third and fifth and seventh rounders and free agents. So for me, to look at evaluate and give a team a grade right now is just it's useless. In the Trenches with Ian Beckles can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com. Thanks.